well, this seems to be the conversation that America wants to have, so you just sit there, we're going to go ahead and have it. But I'm willing to bet your lunch that nobody else is going to have it quite like this. Hey, thanks for coming and checking out our podcast. This is Right All Week. I am your host. My name is Dave. You know the drill. Please like, subscribe, share, ring the bell, and give some angels their wings. And if you haven't heard, we are hitting some restricted mode situations over here. So those sharings are extra important if you would like others to see what you're seeing right now, which I would appreciate that very, very much. And I'm sure some of your friends would appreciate that very, very much. And if we're happy and they're happy, you get to take the credit. That makes you look good. And especially, I'm being informed that the Roe versus Wade, aka Norma McCorvey Roe situation video, that one has been flagged, and I don't want you guys to miss any of the content. So I am going to put a link to that video in the description of this video, and if you want to help that one get out, then yes, please share that one extra special also as well. Much appreciation to all of you who are sticking around, watching these videos, and helping us grow. Much love at you. So today what we're going to talk about, maybe you've heard about this, maybe you haven't, on the, uh, on the conversation of restriction, you know, because it's lots of sensitive content flowing around on these videos. I want to talk about, uh, you know, the, the subject that's pretty popular, but they, whether you're on board with them being protests or whether they're demonstrations or whether they're riots or whether they're just dancing in the streets. Uh, the thing is, people want to talk about racism because it's an election year and it's time to talk about racism and uh because i'm super controversial apparently i want to talk about the biblical perspective of racism and you may have guessed it uh it's bad so let's do this uh hitting a racist perspective biblically i'm gonna do it um a little bit different than what maybe you've been exposed to previously because yes there are instances of racism and bigotry prejudice these things can be found in in the bible but it's not possible until you get the right context two things have to happen first you see because at the beginning when man is created you don't have multiple nationalities you don't have all these uh differences and all of that you just have the one and it only comes later. So what happens first is we see man in his all of the sameness, if we can put it that way. And man, God is looking down. He sees the hearts of men and it's evil continually, which is just a sad verse when you, when you read that. And it disturbs God. He's actually regretful. He's sorry that uh, he sees this. He's sorry for his creation. He's disturbed and he decides, I got to do something. So uh, God unleashes wrath on creation. There's a great flood. Hopefully you know the story about Noah and the flood. He saves Noah's family. And from Noah's family, it's time to repopulate the earth. This is all in the early chapters. We're still in Genesis. Genesis 6 is uh, stuff I'm telling you about now. But then just a few chapters later, we haven't actually dispersed much yet. And man is still together. And they're uh, you know, the, the offspring of these families, the sons that who were prophesied the destiny of the nations from their father Noah, who had spoken to his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth, but they hadn't really dispersed much yet. So Genesis 11 is the Tower of Babel story. And what you see here is the all of the unified forces of men coming together, and they haven't much learned their lesson. And they're repeating some of the same mistakes. And what they want to do is to build a tower whose tops is in the heavens. And the name of the city actually translates to gateway to heaven. And God looks down and he sees them and he says, you know, if, they, if I don't frustrate their plans, 
I'm actually, they're actually going to succeed and they're going to be able to, there will be nothing that they cannot do. You're going to go read some of the stuff yourself. You might be a little bit surprised about what's capable. And so this is when God decides I need to go down there and I need to do something to slow down the progression of human sin because of what happened in the garden, the fall that got them excommunicated, that put us in the situation that we're in now, and the fact that from the fall of the flood, however long that was, but God's doing a reboot and a restart for man. And then here we are just a few chapters later, and they're so bad so quickly, God's like, I have to do something to intervene to slow down the progression of sin and that's when all of the differences that we now know as languages and tribes and the, the dispersal of men across the earth that's what God did and this is something that I'm going to give biblical perspective to help people look at all the divides so much differently when we allow bigotry and racism and all this stuff to come in, and prejudice and all that, it's just it's another form of pride and it's a total shift and it's a failure to see the goodness of God, His mercy, His loving kindness, His patience and long-suffering and His desire to, that we would not be so prey to sin, that we would not fall victim to it, that we would have more time to come into agreement with him because that was an act of mercy when he came down and said, I'm going to frustrate the plan so that they wouldn't give, wouldn't be such escalation so fast, so quick to repeat all of the evil wickedness from before. And that's what we see when you look at somebody and you see different culture, different background, different skin, all of the differences and look and see that person. You know what? That's another child of God, another son, another daughter, another created person who's still Maggio Deo, still in the image of God, but also you need to look and see the differences as a gift of God's grace and mercy that there is time that was given to humanity so that we would be able to come into more agreement with him, have more opportunity for repentance, and that we would not have been such a hurry to give more of our hearts and agreement into darkness with the devil and earn wrath and judgment so quickly again. Now, I want to skip to the end real quick. When we see, if you're a good Bible student, maybe you know this part, at the end, of, in the last book, in the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, you know, John the Apostle gets a special revelation there. He's allowed to see at the end. He's looking and there's a, uh, a great multitude he's not able to number. And it says that these group, they come from every tribe, every nation, every place, every language, every tongue, every ethnos. So every possible faction that you can name, you can think of, there's somebody there, which amongst other things, it also speaks about the success of the gospel, the success of the salvation, the, the work of Jesus, what he has done, that somebody from every possible representative group is going to be there at one time, one place beyond his capability to number will be singing praises in this one time in this one place. And this is the last reference that I know of in this time before the end, before the shift to the new creation where we see this divide. Now, when you go into the new time, when everything gets recreated and all of those who have given themselves to the Lord and everything is recreated, there is no longer this divide. When we come back, it's full circle. Just like everything else that the Lord has done for us, when Jesus comes and reconciles everything and, every, and it all gets turned back to the original intention that God always intended in the beginning, now it's like 
There's no longer these divisions, no longer Jew, no longer Greek. It's a holy people, a holy nation, all holy priests and kings to our God, a unique ethnos. Then we don't have to worry about those any longer. Just like it was in the beginning, we don't, those divisions don't matter because we're all back to where we were, all under one king who is Jesus. Now I've gone, I've given you both bookends, so I'm going to come to the middle. And it's interesting because that, you know, Jesus came in the middle in a unique time in history when there was a lot of cross-cultural interaction and it was a very good opportunity for him to come and interact with all of these different places, all these different people groups and have a profound impact in our history. And of course, while he was here, he was encouraging peace and harmony, but he also prophesied multiple points, multiple times he prophesied multiple points in the future when the peace and harmony that he was encouraging was not going to happen, that there would be violence, that there would be dominance from one nation or nationality over another. Uh, a good example would be when, when Rome came and sacked Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. He even said, not one stone be left upon another in the temple. And of course that came true in 70 AD. Rome destroyed the temple, burned it to the ground and broke apart every possible brick to get every last ounce of gold that was a part of that temple. But he also said in the last days, or the, the days that would be the a cue that a clue that the last days are coming, that the end of this age, before he signals the next age, a time that he's going to come again, that ethnos or nation will be against nation, ethnos against ethnos. And of course, we're, every time a new war breaks out, we're wondering, is, is this the time? Or times like now when races are rising up against nations in our nation, races and against races, we can wonder, well, is this the time? And, and maybe it is. It's hard to know for sure. But these are things that he said would be coming. So even though he encourages us, and we should as believers, those who say we want to represent Jesus, we want to make sure that we do what we can to represent this. But we also need to be aware that he said it's not going to happen. It's going to be one of the clues that the age is shifting because of what I referenced at the beginning of this. The fact that he was frustrating the plans in the beginning, slowing down the escalation of sin. But as sin escalates because man does not love the truth, Man prefers darkness, and as sin escalates, and we get further and further and further, and Babel was thousands of years ago. So it makes sense the nearer we get to the end, the more these tensions are going to rise. So if we acknowledge that, where we are now, and we see these tensions, they are the outflow of people who would not acknowledge the truth, who do not have a biblical perspective, and every form of racism is a perverted lie from the evil, from the enemy, from the devil. It's satanic. It's not biblical. It's not Christian. You can't pick a race and say, well, that's a preferred one because of name whatever excuse. It's not biblical. It's not true. It doesn't work. And every race it doesn't matter, you know, pick a time in history. Anytime somebody tries to find any one excuse why we need to do one thing or another to get a leg up on another, that is anti-Bible. There's only one person to which we should be bowing our knee, and that is to Jesus. There's only one person to which we look up to and say we, we give our assent to, that is to Jesus. And we don't, everybody else we look to, we, we love them, we see them as equals because we are equal under the sight of God. And there's, that's just it. And again, seeing the differences as examples, reminders of God's mercy and grace. 
Uh, so this is the primary message that I wanted to share today to help us to realize where we are in this time and where we've come from, why it's such an important message, why it makes sense for the enemy to attack this because it's so significant to the, the narrative of history, God's story, our story. And then if, if I could apply it to this nation specifically, if you look around the world and you look across history, race, ethnicity, nationality, is it's unique in this nation because pretty much everywhere else, that's been a part of their identity. And the only way it ever changed in another nation was because of conquest. And the United States is unique in that sense because it's not where our identity comes from. In the United States, it comes from values. And we always knew this. In the very beginning, we founded this nation and the nation's motto, e pluribus unum, for out of many is one, or one out of many. The idea being that many states for one nation or many people for one nation. We've got many backgrounds, many nationalities. We come from many cultures, but we've got one place. And the thing that unites us is supposed to be our values. But we're living in a time right now where we're so divided over so many things, we can't even acknowledge the idea that we're supposed to be able to come together and talk about what are those values that unite us. And I think it's important for us, those of us who believe in Christianity and conservatism and the things that were supposed to be the building blocks, the founding elements of this nation, to put this back out there, declare this truth once again, that we are all equal in the sight of God and the differences that you see are reminders of His grace and mercy and that this nation is one nation of many peoples and backgrounds. We're supposed to be united under our values, not under our differences. And the differences aren't supposed to be the things that we, we are distracted by. Let's talk about the values that are going to unite us. So that's my message for today. If you're still watching, I want to thank you very much for finishing this video. And again, invite you to share it with your friends and your family and to come back and check out future videos. I am Dave, and this is Right All Week, where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters.